Blog Talk Radio. Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, no matter where you're listening, around the world, this is Sedona Talk Radio. Hello everyone and welcome to our wondrous world, to our world so full of wonders. This is Helena, Helena Margareta, Helena Steiner Hornstein. My good, I have, I have so many names, but... Once I start to call myself just my first names, so many people said, well, we like your full name, you know, you must not drop that one. So um, I um, am keeping it also. So um, I'm with you. And first I wanted to announce that I have an e-book out there, and it's become uh, an Amazon bestseller. It's my book, Who Am I and Where Am I Going?, how to be an angel in our world of many wonders. And um, it, it's a very, very nice little book. It's a book you should keep on your bedside table. It's a book that really gives you, in short sentences, all kinds of good wisdom. And it's for any kind of background and religion. So it doesn't matter if you're Catholic or Jewish or Protestant or Hindu. It still fits in very much to your daily day and your success of the day. And what I'm saying now actually also fits in very much to my guest today. I have a guest. It's a lady from up north, as I say, (laughs) and her name is Catherine C-H-E. And uh, I don't usually see that kind of name, just a first name and then the initials. But Catherine, are you there? I am, and I'm delighted to be here. Well, thank you, Catherine, for being with me today. And you have written a book that um, when I saw the cover of it or when I saw it the first time, I just said, this is interesting. This is exactly what I talk about also, to be true rich. Mm-hmm. And uh, you have lived through all those principles, I take it, and I'd like to talk to you about your book today. Wonderful. So uh, first of all, the C H E Catherine C dot H dot E dot. What does that mean? Well, those are all of my initials. I used to use my full name with all of my, you know, all my different family names, and it got to be kind of long and cumbersome. So I just shortened it. So those are simply my initials. Um, so it's not me choosing any one family, but I feel that I am, you know, a mixture of all of them plus the Catherine, which is the me part that I add to the mix. Yes, and of course, Catherine is a good name. You have Catherine the Great, you know, <laughs> you have all those queens. So um, you live up north. Where are you right now? I say up north in America, of course, although I have the whole world listening, but up north, where are you? Well, I'm in the beautiful um, part of New York called the Hamptons. Um, so I'm really right by the ocean, and it's a beautiful place. We're in the middle of a winter wonderland right now because we just – you know, had uh, Hurricane Nemo, not Hurricane, but Blizzard Nemo come through here a couple days ago. And so we've still got a lot of snow left. Yeah, and I was thinking about you all up uh, up in the high north, how you were doing. And uh, I'm so grateful I can be down here in Florida myself. And, you <laughs> know, I have an alligator in my backyard. Did you know that? No, that's <laughs> no, exciting. No, I talk about it. Yes, it's very exciting. I can, I'm just 
looking at it right now. It likes to get up on the side of the water and lie there and sunbathe, you know. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and then when the evening comes, it crawls back into the water again. Mm-hmm. So, the, And it doesn't hurt anyone or anything. Or I don't know how it lives, but they say in the winter they don't eat much. So uh-huh. consider it winter right now, although we have almost 80 degrees today, now in the morning. Wow. <laughs> and so now you are a success and good life expert. Mm-hmm. And uh, what does that mean? What do you do? I heard you're also a healer and an author and a singer and uh, all kinds of things. Yes. And you're a mother. I am. I have a very busy, full, magical kaleidoscope of a life. I I do a lot of different things. And I guess I came to all of my coaching through my healing and you know as so many healers i was seeking my own healing and trying one modality after another after another after another and i was working with um an energy healer and one day she just said to me out of the blue i asked her a question and she said well catherine ask your friends the flowers and and we both kind of paused cuz she didn't expect to say that and and she'd never said anything like that to me and i was you know i was in that mode where I wanted the answers from her, <laughs> you know? Yeah, of course. So I um, I said, well, what do you mean? And she said, I don't know, but let's just give it a try. So just tune in to flowers. And, you know, not surprisingly, at the time I was um, a professional photographer and also doing a lot of art photography, and all of my art photography was I was shooting flowers. And oh. so I was already, you know, my connection with, I was already building that connection with the flowers and then, this healing modality came through. But as I started working with people on physical ailments um, after I created this system using flowers, I realized that, as, as, you know, as you know, it's, it's never about a physical ailment. There's so much more going on. When things get off kilter enough in your life that it manifests in a physical ailment, it's really a reflection of a lot of different things. Yes, and so that's kind of the journey that got me into coaching yeah. Now, you said flowers. How do you work with people and flowers together? Let's say I would come to you and I say, I'm not feeling that great. What would you do? How, how, how are you using the flowers? Well, there are lots of different ways that I work, but if I were working with you one-on-one, I would tune in to my intuition. I would simply ask the flowers, you know, who, who can help? <laughs> and, um, and you do that uh, symbolically in your mind, so to speak. Mm-hmm. Yes, mm-hmm. yes. Yes, I tune into my to my intuition, and and I usually get a visual answer first. That's the first piece of the answer is I get immediately an image in my mind of a flower that can help, and then I ask, well, how best you know can it help? And and so I work. I teach people different ways to activate that energy of the flower because all flowers have a really high vibration, and there've been lots of systems, you know, those essences like the Bach essences or whatever that use capture this vibration in a physical form and transfer it to the person that way. But you don't really need anything physical. You can just tune into the vibration yourself. So I I teach different ways to tune into that vibration and to find the healing or the success of whatever type that that you desire. I think it's so interesting, and I never heard of this kind of thing. And, of course, when you are a true healer, you follow your directions, so Mm -hmm. to speak. They're given Mm -hmm. to you. And uh, I haven't heard of this one. But you teach this to others also, don't you? I do. After many years of using it myself, I began, um, I kind of codified it into a system that um, 
I distilled down the really the top flowers that the hit parade that that can be used over and over again in, in many different ways. Again, just like 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 Bach did with his flower essences, he picked out first I think it was twelve, and then it expanded to a larger number. But but those flowers contain within them the the energy that can help people shift to health. You know, even though every single flower on the planet has a healing energy to it, um, you don't have to have knowledge of or you know connection to all of them. There, you know, you can find a smaller circle of the flowers that can help you. So I have codified the system using a thirteen flowers, and I teach that to to coaches, healers, shamans, and it's been really wonderful. I call it my Flower Archetype Success Technique, or FAST. Uh-huh. Very good. We... You have to write a book about it. But now <laughs> we're going to talk about your present book, the one mm-hmm. you just wrote, and it's called Be True Rich. Yeah. And you have this glass of champagne on the cover, which I think <laughs> is very nice, too. And uh, then you have you mentioned three simple keys to live, and we're going to talk about those, but not right away. So mm-hmm. everyone has to hang on. <laughs> so um, we would like you, how did you come to find out what is rich? What made you feel that this is rich and this is not rich? Ah, well, that's a really good question. And it brings me to one of the key words in the title. The, the full title of the book is Be True Rich, Three Simple Keys to Live Your Good Life Now. And the key word is your. Each person it's different, and that's one of the beauties of this diverse planet you know, that we live on is life experience that we have. Thank goodness that we all don't define what is wonderful in exactly the same way. So being true rich, um, you know, it's, it's about redefining really what rich is. It's not about the amount of money that you have in your bank account, and it's really it's not about money at all. It's about the amount of love that you have in your life and the amount of love that you have for the life that you're experiencing it's all about teaching you to to kind of shift your perspective and to find a way to love where you are now, but also to to start to incorporate more and more of the things that you know you love that maybe you're not incorporating right at this moment into your life. Yeah, it's so true. And it reminds me of an email I received from a client of mine, and she sent she we have been talking about being rich and poor and so on, and she had gone through a lot of money problems, and then she emails me and said. Well, I have to tell you, I'm so happy and I'm truly rich. Mm-hmm. Last night I was calling up with my husband in bed and we were just lying there feeling good about life because we had each other and we were happy together. And now I feel truly rich. Mm-hmm. And thank you for making me realize that this is what rich is, what Ooh, rich is all about. Yeah. Yeah. So I thought this was a, a beautiful little email that I received. But then I received an email here from my granddaughter who goes to college. She, she studies chemical engineering, of all things. She's very spiritual. And she had gone through um, an extra. She'd taken a job to make more money. She needed that for She's going to buy a car now, but she, she uh, needed extra money. And uh, she took this job, which she called a slave job, <laughs> you know, <laughs> like students do to serve and to cook fried hamburgers or something. Mm-hmm. And uh, she decided it was intruding into her life and into her um, uh, her, her studies. And uh, then she read a quote by Steve Jobs, and she 
talked to me a couple of days ago and said, you know, I'm going to really reconsider this job. I'm not sure this is right for me. Mm-hmm. And she said, I have that quote, and I'm going to read it to you right now. And it's Steve Jobs again who, who started this, who mm-hmm. wrote it. Your time is limited, mm-hmm. so don't waste it living someone else's life. Yeah. Don't be trapped by dogma which is living the results of other people's thinking. Don't let the noise of others' opinions drown out your own inner voice. And most important, have the courage to follow your heart and intuition. Mm -hmm. I like that last sentence, you know, follow Mm -hmm. your heart and intuition. Yeah. Yeah, this is just... uh, what people forget that you have to follow your heart and once you realize the heart is what really is the direction of your life mm-hmm. you true. you are in a much better place okay mm-hmm. i didn't want to interrupt it let's continue here with oh, no, but it's it's you yes. know it's a really good point because life is precious each moment is precious and one of the the recurring themes in the book be true rich is why waste a moment of your life in that you you know by not loving it yeah find your way into you know add more and more of the things that you do love and there 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 are exercises in the book that help you to do that but you know why would you put a mouthful of food in your mouth and and spend the time and waste those you know calories if you want to count calories what why why eat anything that you don't find absolutely delicious why wear any clothes that you don't find truly beautiful you know there's why waste a moment of your life outside of just the wonder that it can be. Yeah, those are so simple little truths that you're saying, but it actually will change your life. Mm-hmm. It truly does. It, it really will. Yeah. You know, I have a, a a woman I work with who is on track. You know, she's the CEO of a couple of companies, and she's just on the brink of passing through uh, making a million dollars in a year. And this has been a you know a lifelong goal for her, and she's really really excited about it. And one of the things we work on is creating it also into a life that she loves. And one thing that we talked about was she was not getting up from her desk uh, for much of the day, and she would just have her assistant bring in maybe a bagel with cream cheese, and sometimes she wouldn't even eat it. But if she did, she would just kind of you know hunch over the bag and you know chomp the bagel down. Now she happens to love bagels with cream cheese, so that's fine. <laughs> That's not a problem, but the problem was the brown paper bag and the hunching over of it and and just not making it into a divine, wonderful, beautiful experience. So I said, look, you know, you've got fine china, you've got beautiful linen napkins, have your assistant dump it out of the bag onto a beautiful plate and bring it to you with one of your beautiful cloth napkins. It doesn't cost you any more. It's the same bagel, it's the same, but it turns it into a different moment. And so she reported back to me that suddenly she, you know, she is the CEO of a couple of companies and she is on the brink of being on, you know, a, a millionaire, but she said it sh- something shifted inside of her that she felt she just up-leveled her life a little bit and was was claiming more of what she wants already, kind of what she sees coming when she's going to be making the money, claiming it now. And that's very important that you need to start being it and living it now. And don't wait for the money. Don't wait for your 
circumstances to change. There, you, there are always little things that you can do right now that will just have an enormous impact on your your psyche. Yeah, it really is true. And like when people are alone, I tell them, but cook a nice dinner for you yourself, just like what you're saying now, and set a nice table, you know, and have a tablecloth and have mm-hmm. a flower on the table. Light the uh, candles. Just, yeah. Yes, and light the candle and play some beautiful music in the background and mm-hmm. enjoy, as you said, the moment. Mm-hmm. It makes a big, big difference to your life. Yeah, exactly. Don't wait for the money. Don't wait for the the ideal mate. Don't wait for any of that. It's not it's not about anything external. It's starting to claim it now and then the money starts coming in to match and the mate yeah. comes in to match. It all yeah. it all kind of lines up, but you have to be it first. And it's really yeah. simple. It's really simple. It's just these 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 minute shifts in perspective. What else should we do to feel really rich, do you think, uh, to to add to our life? Well, you know, um, it, food comes, I love food, so food comes to my mind a lot. They're very, yeah, often, right. really, <laughs> very often little simple things, like you're saying, to cook yourself the nice meal or to um, use use your good stuff, whether it is your china or your crystal or whether it's, eating the good food, and don't wait for having a dinner party. Don't wait for the Queen of England to come over. You know, she may or may ever not ever show up, you know? Yeah, exactly. No one is more special than you. No moment is more special than now. Don't save your good sheets on your bed. Sleep on them tonight. Don't save your good underwear. Wear them today. You yeah. know, just today, now, you are the most special of anything, any moment, any time ever. Yeah, it's so good, and I think everyone should make a note of that because it's so simple. We actually all know it, but mm-hmm. we have forgotten mm-hmm. that we count and the moment of the now that we should make the best of it that way. Mm-hmm. I heard um, in Germany I talked to people who had been in the war, and, of course, mm-hmm. this was when I first came to Germany a long, long time ago, and those people were alive. And they said that when they were in those camps, prison camps, they, uh, and I'm not talking about the Jews, I'm talking about people who have been taken prisoner anyway, Mm -hmm. and how they uh, could make the best of the moment. Mm -hmm. Uh, They could brush their hair and comb their hair. Well, if they didn't have a comb, they somehow made some kind of way of combing their hair. And how some of them just could have a better life, even if the circumstances were not very good. Mm-hmm. And this is what we have to do with our daily life also. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know, think about that. Imagine the the people who were waiting to get out to to enjoy those moments, thinking, well, you know, I can only have a good life once I get out. And, but most of the people didn't. So those were all days. You know, it's a really good metaphor, and I hadn't thought of it this way, but those were all days that they spent in those horrible camps. I mean, you know, I'm not saying the camps are not horrible, yeah. but that instead of choosing to wait to to find something to enjoy and appreciate and focus on in a positive way, they could have actually been enjoying, and, and many did, but, but for those who didn't, they could have been enjoying those moments right then and there. You yes, don't have they to could wait. have. And I'm thinking about one of my clients, and this was, of course, um, some years ago in uh, here in Florida, in Fort Lauderdale, I believe. And uh, she came to me, and she had cancer. 
And she looked terrible. She hadn't taken care of her person at all. She was dressed sloppy. Her hair wasn't done. She didn't wear makeup. And uh, and she came and sat down in front of me. And she said, I have cancer. I'm dying. And, you know, those things do not impress me, really, <laughs> because mm-hmm. I've gone through so much hell myself with certain things. So I said, so what? Oh, I'm going to die. And I just said, so am I. So is everyone in the mm-hmm. world. Oh, yes, but I'm going to die soon. Well, lucky you at least. You know, but you can make something out of your life now. Mm-hmm. And I, in a way, gave her hell, you know, saying, why mm-hmm. do, haven't you brushed your hair? Why haven't you bought yourself? You have the money. Why don't you go and buy yourself some nice clothes? Mm-hmm. And uh, she looked at me in amazement. You know? <laughs> yeah. And I told her to come back the week after. But uh, And she looked much, much better then. And then I didn't see her for years and years. And then I was giving a lecture, a public lecture, and I saw this elegant woman entering the room somewhere mm-hmm. with a big red hat and beautiful <laughs> fitted dress. Mm-hmm. And she sat down, and I just oh, how nice we get some nice-looking people here, you know. Mm-hmm. And after the lecture, when I said or asked, does anyone have anything to say or ask, she stood up and said, hello, I am and I just say name, Elizabeth. And I said, hello, Elizabeth. I didn't know who she was. Mm-hmm. And um, she said, I know you don't recognize me. I was the one with the cancer in my face, and I was going to die, and the doctor had told me I was going to die, and so on. And you gave me that hell and told me how to do things right. <laughs> and uh, she said, I got so angry at first, but then I started to follow your advice, and I went out to buy things. And I always looked at everything I bought. Would you look with Helen? I like that. I wonder if she would think I should wear a hat also. And just put me into the picture. And Mm -hmm. she said, you know, I got well uh, from the healing, uh, I take it. But also the whole person I was just changed. And I had a good time. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And this is exactly what you are saying. You know, we should take care of the moment and not have this defeating moment like Steve Jobs said in his quote, you know, we should just stand up for what we are. Absolutely. And And I love what she did by, you know, what would Helena say? What would she, you know, would she approve of this outfit? In fact, I talk about that in the book because sometimes there's a gap in, in your own mind and it's hard for you as you, as the you you are now, to make the decisions and to see things the, the way that you want to see them. So you can pick out a person. It could be a real person like you, or you can make up a person. You know, how would the be true rich version of me look at this? You know, what would the be true rich me decide? What would the CEO me? What would Abraham Lincoln do? You know, whoever it is, um, that can be really helpful when you want to shift from a, a place that you're not entirely happy with to a place that you feel that would be a better place for you. Um, you can find somebody, real or imaginary, who you believe, it doesn't matter if they really are, but you believe is is you know exemplifying more of what you want, and you can use that person as a guidepost and ask that person questions in your mind or, or you know, as that person did say, you know, just to wonder, you know, what would, would Helena approve of this? And I think that that can be very, very powerful. Evidently it was. (laughs) (laughs) And I'm sure she's she's still alive today, but we should not take that defeat, you know, so quickly when Mm -hmm. a a medical doctor tells, oh, you have three weeks to die, I mean, to live. uh, Well, if he says so, 
have a really, really good time, and you may just not die. <laughs> That's right. Because, you know, one thing that it struck me as you were telling me this story is when she walked into your room, she was basically in a in a state of being dead. I mean, she wasn't engaging. It didn't sound like she was engaging in life in any way. She was just kind of waiting for the death to sure. come to her. Mm-hmm. And so by reengaging in life, she was, you know, telling herself, telling the universe, I am alive. I want to be alive. And, you know, having this snowstorm, you know, there's those moments you're either growing and living or you are wilting and dying. And I was thinking about that with the snow. Either it's snowing and the snow is accumulating or the snow is melting and evaporating. There's never a state of, of true stillness. Things are either becoming more or they are wilting and dying. And so you have to kind of look at your own self and look at your life and think, well, which part of that balance do I want to be in? And, you know, you helped her shift from being in the in the wilting and dying part to being in the blossoming and living part. Yeah. You have a very good way of looking at things. And what I liked about your book, um, I only saw the e- e- e-book version of it, but uh, it's not one of those many chapters or lots and lots of words. It's not that intellectual talk. You're coming <laughs> to the point all the time. Mm-hmm. And... Uh, these books are so much more um, valuable to us, and we believe it's the other way around. I mean, how many books are there out there with three, four hundred pages, thick, thick books, and mm-hmm. it's talk? Where is the point? <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Well, what I wanted people to see is it really is simple little shifts, and and the book is 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 you know in these little teeny morsel sized chunks of what I hope is wisdom. <laughs> and yeah. so you can you can just, just any one of them can make an enormous impact on your life. You don't have to do all of them. You know, for people who sit down and read the whole book at one time, there's when you get to the end, it helps you to figure out how to best prioritize the, the little suggestions so that you can get to the life that you want and the in the most efficient way possible. But you can also pick up the book and just look at one little morsel and give it a try. Um, they're all very, very simple. None of them are time-consuming. Um, you know, it's just it's about helping you to to start, you know, engaging in that cycle of blossoming and living more. Yeah. Tell me about yourself. Uh, you, uh, where do you come from? And what? Tell me about your life. You are. Sure. You were born in uh, Tennessee, was. Yes, yes. I grew up in Nashville, Tennessee. Um, you know, had a wonderful. I grew up um, really connected with nature um, in in the neighborhood where we had large yards, and I had um, a great affinity for the, the the plants and the animals around. And I grew up with horses. I grew up sailing and doing a lot of really wonderful things. But it's also interesting to me, looking back, that I've just always had kind of a natural ability, a natural state of attracting kind of a good life to myself and even you know comparing my sister's life and my life side by side a lot of the the wonderful experiences that I have had even growing up were things that I attracted but that she didn't attract to herself so it's not so much you know that it was something that was given to me in the life that I had it's it to me is a testament of the the difference in each person's vibration and so I just kind of came in what did she do and what did you do? And what, you know, I have a sister like this. We have mm-hmm. lived like totally different lifestyles. 
Well, you know, I think somehow that she, you know, from an early age I decided that life is beautiful and should be easy and that life is luxurious and meant to be sumptuous and delicious. And That's beautiful what you say, yes, exactly, <laughs> because I had exactly the same vision for mm-hmm. my life. It's meant to be enjoyed. Life is meant to be enjoyed. I want the good stuff in my life. Yeah. Yeah. And um and you know, to me that's why it's here, <laughs> you know? Yeah. So and somehow she absorbed a different sort of a message that that life is meant to be challenging and is meant to be a struggle and that, you know, when you have uh a gap in your knowledge that you need to, you know, for instance, really struggle hard to fill that gap. And, you know, for me that, that just wasn't my truth, my set of beliefs. And so school came very easy for me. School was, you know, a struggle for her because it matched her set of beliefs. She's yeah. equally intelligent. I, I, <laughs> I absolutely, you know, it's not about that. It's just about a way of looking at the world and a, a set of expectations that you have for how the world is going to treat you. Yes, and how you choose your life also. Mm-hmm. You have the possibility of choosing. Mhm. Mhm. Yeah. And yeah. you chose, and she maybe didn't choose. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, she just you know chose slightly differently. You know, there's yeah. a there's a, a passage in the book. Um, let's see, where it talks about your thoughts, and, and it's you know how our our true power is our power to choose our thoughts and choose the direction of our thoughts. You know, some a thought could pop into your head, but then you get to decide whether you stick around and hang out with that thought or not. So really, the power is choosing the direction of your thoughts. So the book, as I say in the book, your power to choose your thoughts is your true power. So think about a flower, any flower. Just think about a flower for a moment. So see, mm-hmm. there was nothing about flowers. We, you know, we've spoken sporadically about flowers, but when I made the suggestion about thinking about flowers, it was out of the blue, and still you were able to direct your thoughts to think about that flower. And though sometimes you may feel like you're a victim of your thoughts, you have more power than you probably are exercising or thinking. So here's a story. A student approached his guru at their ashram and expressed his concern about the location of the ashram, that it wasn't really conducive to holy contemplation. The student mentioned the bad neighborhood beyond the walls. He mentioned the crumbling of some of the walls. He mentioned the noise and the filth of the surrounding city. And the guru listened, and he just smiled and said peacefully, from my perspective, the ashram is filled with beauty. And he walked away. And the disciple was puzzled, but you know, his eyes, he searched for beauty, and he found only ugliness and he, because he continued to see what he had described to his guru. But in his last-ditch attempt to understand what his guru saw, the disciple literally put his feet in his guru's footprint in the dirt, and he stood where his guru stood and faced what his guru faced. And when he got situated, he looked up and he saw a climbing rose bush covering the wall in front of him in full bloom. And then once he saw the flowers, he noticed their intoxicating scent wafting in the air. He then easily noticed the sound of the birds singing, and one beautiful thought and sensation kind of led effortlessly to the next, and the cares of the world fell away. And so there they were standing facing each other in the same location, in the same ashram. They were both living there. Mm-hmm. But because the guru had this expectation of seeing and experiencing and finding beauty, he always did. And the disciple had gotten to a state where that's not what he was focusing on. He had been building up you know, his story that he was going to tell the guru for a while and 
in collecting evidence. And so when he had his chance to talk to the guru, he, you know, there it all was, and he had ample evidence of it. But in any moment, you can find ample evidence of the things that you don't like or the, quote, ugliness, or you can find evidence of beauty, and it's absolutely your choice. It's a beautiful story. I like that. And going back to the three keys mm-hmm. to having a good life, what are they? Well, they're very simple. They are your environment, your mindset, and support. Okay. Can you tell us a little bit more what they mean? Sure. Sure. Well, they all, they're kind of interweaving and overlapping. Um, you know, your environment includes, for instance, your thoughts, your internal environment. It includes, you know, not only the house that you live in and the neighborhood you are. It includes the people who are in your life. It includes the food that you eat. It's it's everything about, you know, my, stu- my son is studying habitats in science. You know, it's, it's everything in your habitat. Um, so... And then mindset, of course, is really not just the internal environment and the thoughts that you think, but the word set is really important. Your mind. The word what? Set. Oh, set. In in mindset, because it's. Yes, mindset, yes. Mm -hmm. It's where your your setting is. It's kind of your your home base, your neutral. When you're not particularly feeling good, when you're not particularly feeling bad, where is it that you live? And the higher the vibration is in the place that you live, the more, you know, kind of your home base, your set point, um, the better you will experience your life. And so your what you can do is bit by bit, incrementally start working to shift your mindset to raise it to a better and better place. Like that guru had raised his mindset to a place of beauty, whereas his disciple was still working his way out of a mindset of ugliness. He was determined, and he was doing all of the right things, that disciple, by really examining how the guru was doing things and, and try, you know, literally putting his feet in this place of the guru and, and trying out something different. So the disciple was well on his way, but the guru was already living there. His mindset was already in a place of beauty. So, so that's the second key. And then the third key is support. And support is all of the help that you have, and it includes your friends and family. It includes your employees and there may be people who you don't even, or your vendors, people who you don't think of, like your grocery store is part of your support system. Your, you know, the uh, person maybe who collects your garbage, um, you know, and if you have employees who work directly for you, those people are supporting you. But it's also the support of the universe, which is really the most, of course, powerful, <laughs> or God, or or spirit, yeah. however you want to refer to it. So it's learning how to interact with support, how to allow the support, how to call forth the support that you desire, because it's there for you. It's great. So what steps should be the first steps? Mm. Well, the first step really is, excuse me, is, is understanding, getting really clear on where you are and where you want to go. That's good. That's really and, good. you know, it's very Position simple. Yourself. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Really, really simple. And the clearer you get, and there are many different little um, exercises, I call them Be True Rich um, gems in the book. They're little gems that help you bit by bit to get clearer and clearer about, um, or True Rich jewels, (laughs) how to get clearer and clearer about what it is that you want. And, in fact, when when you buy the book, which you can do so at BeTrueRich.com, 
when you buy the book, there's a web page inside where you have access into what I call the Be True Rich Treasure Chest, where it helps kind of break down some of these exercises a little bit more. But um, but the clearer you are about where it is that you want to go, and it can be, you know, this can be related to material things. It can be related to experiences that you want to have, um, feelings that you want to feel. But the more you understand that on different levels, the material, on the spiritual, on the emotional, and the clearer the whole package is, all the things that you want to smell, all the different um, senses that you activate, the clearer you get on that, the the easier it is to get there. Hmm. A lot of you have a lot of stuff, you know, very good stuff. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. Yes, I, no, I like it, and it's to the point also. So um, the first thing we have to do just find where you are in life. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So how did you end up? And I'm, did you end up in the Hamptons? Which for people out in the world, they don't know the Hamptons at all, but. I haven't been to the Hamptons, but I have many friends who just love to go there in the summer. It's uh, uh, like a, a playground for the rich and famous, I would say. Exactly, exactly. It's a it's a resort area, and it's a, a mixture of, you know, there's still a few farms around, um, a lot of open spaces, a lot of natural beauty, the ocean, we've got the bay, we've got... It's just, it's a really lovely spot. And one reason why I think that it has become very popular is it is accessible to New York City. People from New York come out um, on the weekends, especially in the warmer weather. Also yeah, do more, they do do they come over in the in the winter also? Or is it too yes. inaccessible? They more do. more and more um, people are here are coming you know coming out on the weekends year round. And in fact, that's how that's how I ended up here. I was I was living in New York City, coming out on the weekends, and then in the summer spending larger chunks of time here. And one weekend, early June, gosh, how many years ago? It was about seven years ago. I was getting ready to pack the car up to go back to the city, and then I just thought, I don't want to go back. I just, I don't want to. <laughs> I like it out here too much. The, You know, why live in the city to support the life out here when out here is where I really want to be? It's kind of like what we were talking about with, with your granddaughter, you know, that it's, um, or was it your niece? But, but you know, that she is realizing that, you know, you don't want to be a slave to a job to then have the rewards on the side. You want to create a whole integrated life that you really love. And I realized that my life in New York City, although I love New York City in many ways, um, that wasn't giving me, feeding my soul and filling me with glee. It was the life out here that was doing so. So, so I just stayed. And it works. I mean, and you live with your son and you mm-hmm. have a happy life. I do. <laughs> Where does your sister live, the one who lived a different lifestyle? <laughs> She's in North Carolina. Um, mm-hmm. She lives in Raleigh, North Carolina, and she lives you know, very near to where my parents are and in a very similar house to theirs. And, you know, I think that she very much has kind of has followed in, in, in their footsteps, and I somehow you know, found a different path for myself. Yeah. And this is how uh, how it goes with mm-hmm. siblings that we are going such different directions so many times, mm-hmm. which is interesting because we came from the same bowl, so to speak, in the beginning. <laughs> yes, yes, it's so true. And uh, many people don't realize that. 
we have so much the choice in our own hands what to mm-hmm. do and where to go. Mm-hmm. And, and, and I'm, I hear so many people when I'm in Sweden, for instance, I'm back in Sweden now uh, once a year, and it's, oh, lucky you, you live in Florida, and, and it's mm-hmm. so you have to have so much money to live there, and you are so rich, and all those things. And I said, no, I made a choice early on to have this kind of life, and you could do that as from this moment also. Absolutely. Oh, yes, but I cannot do that. Well, I could. <laughs> yeah. And I didn't have anything to start off. You know, I was just a student and just went out in the world. Mm-hmm. So one can take chances. And if you have a goal, you you can just go that direction. When I was a child, I saw a picture from Florida. And uh, I tell this always in my lectures, but it fits in so well. I saw this picture with this beautiful man in a kind of colorful shirt, and he's standing next to this convertible. Uh-huh. And the convertible was white or pink or something outrageous. Mm-hmm. And then there were the pictures of the hibiscus and the palm trees mm-hmm. and the white mm-hmm. buildings and the blue, blue sky. And I said, I want that. Mm-hmm. And it sat, it still today sits there in my mind. And I got all that and mm-hmm. even more <laughs> and lived that life and was wonderful. Yeah. Yeah. Of course, through all those experiences, I have lost, but I have won again. You know, yeah. I've been down, and as yeah. you know, you know, you have to crawl yourself up again, and mm-hmm. you always have to have that vision where mm-hmm. to go. Yeah. But in Miami, I also met probably the richest people, but I also met the poorest people. Oh, but yeah. those richest people were also the poorest people because well, they didn't realize their happiness. Yeah. Well, and you know, it's I just say right off the bat, being true rich is absolutely not about the money. You can have lots of money and you can be true rich, or you can have lots of money and you can be truly poor, like you're saying, not not um, not being happy. Or you can be a homeless person on the street and not have two pennies to rub together and not know, you know, for sure where your next meal is going to come from. And you can still be true rich if you really just enjoy your life. Yeah. So right. Do you notice some kind of change in uh, some shift in consciousness out there in the world? Have you seen that this year? Well, you know, it's to me. I am always just a little bit reluctant to say that there's a whole shift going on because you know, as as I evolve as a person, I know that I become more and more aware of other people who are at. Um, a different state of being from where I was before. Those people were not, I wasn't aware of them. I wasn't aware of those ways of thinking, um, you know, in a way that that whole world wasn't accessible to me. So I don't really know whether the world is changing or whether I'm changing. Well, um, I think we're all changing. (laughs) I have (laughs) noticed myself a little shift. It's not that big shift that people are talking about, but that there's a little slow movement coming in that people are opening up. Yeah. Yeah. They are more aware of people like you and me, for instance. Mm-hmm. They're well, the more apt to listen to you today than they would 10 years ago. Absolutely. No, that's true. And and what I was saying was a little bit tongue-in-cheek because I do think that as each individual evolves, you know, the world evolves too. And that, um, you know, just like I was saying before, that there's either, you know, 
stagnation and and disintegration, not really stagnation, but you know, de- disintegration and death, or there is blossoming and growth. And you know, I don't see the world as being something that is overall disintegrating and dying. I think that that the very universe is designed for growth and expansion. So so that is kind of the natural state of affairs that bit by bit it does continue to expand and grow. Yeah. Law of attraction, such yes. a modern in phrase. <laughs> uh and I think it's something that you uh, you are a little bit involved in. Mhm. Can yes. you tell us about what you are doing? Sure. With, um, I, I the law of attraction. I started an association a couple years ago called the IALOAP and it is a, a law of attraction association. It's a community of people online who who are interested in leveraging the law of attraction for living a good life. And it's a place, you know, where uh, I share tips and tools and and you know, we have seminars, etc. Um so, you know, if people are interested in the law of attraction, come check it out. Yeah, and what are the benefits to to belong? Sure, it's i a l o a p dot com, and um, the benefits. The benefits. Joining, what? So they become members. What do they get? <laughs> what, well, you get a, what a kind little, of community are they entering? Sure, that you get a law of attraction success kit right off the bat with a with a calendar. To me, this calendar is one of the most powerful tools because it's a week at a glance kind of a calendar, and on the right hand side, it has room for you to put all of your action steps or your appointments and all of the things that you have to do. And on the left hand side, it reminds you of your mind and the things that the internal um things that you want to do that week these are the things i want to appreciate this week this is you know these yes yes i have meditated um you know these are the positive people who i intend to connect with these are the specific requests i have of the universe and um and so you get tools like that you there's a poster there's um bookmarks with uh, the law of attraction uh, guidance system which is your emotions that tells how to do that and then on the website there are tons of um different tools that teach you how to um connect with the five step success system that uh using the law of attraction would start which starts with getting clear on on where you want to go and there are tools that describe, you know, very in great detail for instance how to get clarity and then how to take each of the five steps to get to the success you want. There are recordings of, you know, masters of the law of attraction and, and their stories, either general ones or sometimes more specific like the law and law of attraction or yoga and the law of attraction. So there are just tons of tons of great resources there. Hmm. Good. And um, I understand you have a couple of law of attraction stories about uh, writing <laughs> the book. Yes, you know, I, I actually wrote the book very quickly. Um, when I sat down to write it, I wasn't sure whether I was going to write a book straight about the law of attraction or straight about flowers. or, But I decided to do something kind of on a topic that I haven't really shared about. I wanted to be more forward-thinking instead of turning back to things that I've already shared about. And um, so when I sat down then, I wrote it very quickly. It all came pouring out of me. And... When I went back and read it, I started giggling because I don't know if you noticed, but I have a lot of stories in the book about how much I love cashmere. And to me, and again, it's 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 me personally. I love cashmere, just practically beyond description. I'm I'm wearing tons of it at the moment. <laughs> I love how it feels. I love the colors that it's dyed. Mm-hmm. I love how it's lightweight. I love how um, 
it was just pretty much everything about it. And so several, I use it as an example in many point at many points in the book because for me it adds a lot of luxury value to my life. So I make choices to include cashmere. So I read the book over and as we were going through the edits and I was giggling. I thought, well, if this does not manifest cashmere for me, I don't know what will because what I was doing was I was focusing on it, but in a lighthearted way. It wasn't in a I need cashmere way. It was just I love cashmere. I love it. I celebrate it. It was that kind of an attitude. And I know there's always plenty of it here for me. And so sure enough, a couple of days later, it was my birthday. And, um, you know, I kind of, when I thought it may have that thought, I thought, hmm, who am I, who, who, who's going to send me a gift might send me cashmere. And I realized that nobody <laughs> on the list of normal people who would give me gifts right then were gonna, would be sending me cashmere. But a box came, and it came from my mom. And in the box it was included a cashmere sweater, but it was not from my mother. It was from her best friend. And her best friend and I are very cordial with each other. We we love each other a great deal, but, you know, we've never even given each other a piece of gum, you know, much less. She sent me out of the blue this cashmere sweater that had been sitting on her shelf for two years, and she kept thinking, oh, I should give this to Katie because it's much more for a tall person. And she's she bought it when she was traveling in Scotland, and just she never wore it. And so something... You know, the universe that washed the, the butterfly petal of me writing about um, the cashmere inspired something inside of her to to pick up that sweater and put it in the box that my mom was sending me for my birthday. So that's really, you know, one of the things once you get into the zone of the law of attraction and, and start living the true rich life that you were meant to live, magical, seemingly miraculous things like that will just happen. Yeah, but it's very, very true. And I always tell people in the morning when they wake up, make sure that you charge yourself with the right energy. Mm. Uh, so if you're happy, you attract a happy day. And if you're unhappy and angry, many people are angry in the morning and they yeah. think about, oh, no, I have to do this or those darn people and everything. Well, they're not going to attract the good stuff during that day. No. You know, I write about that in this book. I call it the morning and evening power and, you know, as you're drifting off to sleep, you set the tone for what your mind is going to do for the next, you know, six to eight hours, however long you sleep. And then when you awake in the morning, you really are setting the tone for um, for how you're thinking for the rest of the day. Yeah. And so if you don't mind, I'll just quickly read the two suggestions that are that I that I put in the book as starting points, you know, that you can yes, then love that. tweak. Sure. So in the morning, this is these are kind of the core of what I do. And I think about it each day and I think about it each evening and think, you know, is there something else specific I want to add to this? But the core is, in the morning I say to myself, today I appreciate the now. I notice and appreciate the beauty around me. I see the positive in every situation and I remember I am love. So that's how I start my day. And then in the evening as I'm drifting off to sleep, I say to myself, tonight as I sleep, I think loving thoughts about myself and those dear to me, and in the morning I awaken easily, joyfully, and fully refreshed from this night's sleep. Because that's also, that, that last part is an important part, because sometimes even if I'm only going to get two hours of sleep or something, if I'm traveling and you know for whatever reason, um, if you just tell your, your mind to kind of hit the reset button fully and to really refresh yourself, 
you'll, it's amazing. You can wake up that next morning feeling refreshed. But if you go into the sleep thinking, I'm going to be tired in the next morning, and then you wake up thinking, oh, I only got my two hours of sleep. I'm going to be tired today. Well, then, you know, you've set that tone. But if you yeah. set a different tone and you say, I am going to reset and refresh as I sleep tonight no matter how little time I have, and then when you wake in the morning, you wake in, you know, with the confidence of being fully restored and refreshed and ready, full of energy for the full day you have ahead of you, then sure enough, you have it. Yeah, you are so right. And I, these are also things I teach in my seminars, you know, about the morning and the evening. In mm. the evening, I also bring in the angels. Mm. I happen to see angels nowadays. Mm-hmm. And I bring them in. It makes me feel very, very comfortable and, and at ease. And somehow you feel their presence. It makes oh, you yeah. feel very secure mm-hmm. and and loved. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so um, this has gone very fast. I think I told I you know. I was going to do a meditation towards the end. I think I'm going to pass that one to another time. Oh. It has been so nice to speak to you. So thank you, Catherine C.H.E., being here today and can you tell us how to reach you your website and how to buy the book can you get your book with amazon.com well at the moment the way to get i'm kind of in the pre-launch of the book at the moment the best way to get it and you get a signed from me personal signed copy the best way is to go just straight to the uh, website betruerich.com and for those of you listening here i'm going to offer you a little a little discount, um, just use the coupon code RADIO and you'll get 10% off as a little thank you for listening and to committing your time and energy um, to to joining us on the show today. Very good, very good. Thank you so very much. And thank you for being with me. And for myself, this is Helena Margareta, Helena Steiner-Hornstein. And uh, sign up for my newsletter at... Uh, on my website, speakingtoyourheart.com, speakingtoyourheart.com, which is the same one as activeale.com. Most people find activeale so hard to understand. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but uh, A-C-T-I-V for Victor, A-L-E.com. And uh, again, my e-books, um, Who Am I and Where Am I Going, is for sale on Amazon.com, and it was, an Amazon bestseller for for a little while, and uh, the price is very reduced right now. So do order it. And, of course, my guest book, Catherine Books, um, uh, To Be True Rich, I think you should also have in your library. So um, anything else you want to add uh, you would like people to know, Catherine? I think that uh, you know we really covered a lot of good ground, but the basic message of the book that underlies everything is is really perfect for this Valentine week because it's it's all about love. It's all about loving yourself, loving your life, and doing what you love. Remember, your life is precious. Every moment is a gift, and you know live it to its fullest. Carpe yeah. diem. <laughs> yes. Now, it's, that's very good, a very good present, I think, for Valentine to receive this book. What is it today? The 12th, 13th? 12th, yes. 12th. yes. And I did a search. Did you get it out in time? <laughs> I, did, yeah. I did a search, and I mentioned um, love nearly 200 times in the book, and so that's more than one time per page. It's really the, the pervasive message in the book. 
Well, it is actually the message for the world. Also, love is number one, but mm-hmm. we don't really understand it. We made love very conditional, when mm-hmm. love is actually very unconditional in its true sense. Yes, yes. So, thank you so much. It was a delight being with you. You too. And thank you, everyone out there. I know you listen to the archives most of of what you do. <laughs> and uh, I thank you so much for doing so. Thank you, everyone out in the world. Thank you, particularly in Europe. I will be with you this summer yet again. And uh, you can always reach me here and uh, here in Florida. I moved from Miami, by the way. Many people believe I'm still there, and I do go and visit very often and also work out to Miami several times uh, now in the spring. I think I go there about once a month. Otherwise, I'm here in Sarasota, Florida. Mm. Beautiful. Beautiful and sunny. A little cooler than Miami, and uh, I think I like it that way. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. So, okay. Thank you, everyone. Thank you, Catherine, and be good, everyone. Goodbye. Bye. Thank you.